What's up, guys? Welcome to this week's episode of the Sooners and NFL podcast. This is week four alongside Tyler Sambo, Jason Batakia, and Pierce Loffelhotz. I am Nick Coppola. We are your hosts for the Sooners and NFL podcast. It was a great, great week for former Sooners in the NFL. I think I saw somewhere that 19% of the total touchdowns scored in week four were scored by former Sooner players, which is absolutely amazing. It was a great day. We have so much to cover. We have three dynamic players of the week. Of, of the week. There was so many good performances. We could not choose just one. We will first start out with CeeDee Lamb, who scored his first touchdown of his career last Sunday against the Cleveland Browns, added another one in the fourth quarter. In total, he had five catches for 79 yards and two touchdowns. Really showed how dynamic he could be, especially in all in all types of the passing game, deep passes, medium passes, short passes, just an explosive type of player for the Cowboys. We have two more uh, dynamic players of the week. We're going to go to Pierce for our next guy. Our second dynamic player of the week is going to be Joe Mixon. For the Bengals, he had an explosive game compared to his other games he's had this season. Uh, 25 rushing attempts for 151 yards, two touchdowns, and he had six receptions for 30 yards as well with a touchdown, three total touchdowns on the day. Joe Mixon is finally coming back to his uh, former self that he set himself up for with the Sooners, uh, back to a, a very explosive running back that can really change the dynamic of an offense, and it really showed uh, as the Bengals got their first first win of the season um, against the Jaguars this past Sunday. Yeah, I predicted that actually on last week's podcast. I predicted he would have a breakout game. One one touchdown in the year, two touchdowns on the ground. He actually got three touchdowns. So I called that and then some. We will Everybody that. gets lucky sometimes. <laughs> What? <laughs> Everybody gets lucky sometimes. Uh, nah, I can, I, can see <laughs> I can see the future. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Tyler now for our final breakout player. Yeah, our back. final breakout player of the week after being the letdown player of the week for the last two weeks. Mark Andrews is back as dynamic player of the week after getting back to his normal self, having. Uh, Three catches for 57 yards and two of those as touchdowns. Uh, he hadn't had a caught, caught a touchdown in the last two weeks. Finally, back to Lamar Jackson's go-to target in the red zone. And he seems like he's kind of re- uh, come back to his former self of being that touchdown machine that he was last season. So hopefully he can continue it. Yeah, two touchdowns to Mark Andrews in the Ravens win over Washington. That's who they played, the Washington football team. Uh, after being the letdown player of the week past two weeks, a really strong rebound after we talked about that last week to see if he could uh, potentially rebound. Um, also, quick note, Adrian Peterson and Kenny Stills also got touchdowns this past week for the Lions and Texans, respectively. So, quick shout-out to uh, them. Now, uh, for our letdown player of the week, uh, Jason is a 49ers fan, and I decided to make him suffer. So, he will do our, our, our letdown player of the week, which is a 49ers player. Uh, Jason, take it away. Um, this week's 
letdown of the week is all pro left tackle Trent Williams. Um, he gave up two sacks and had four pressures. Um, it really looked like it was one of his worst games of his career, maybe even the worst game of his career. Um, yeah, really bad week for Trent Williams. Yeah, really bad. Uh, 49ers, a surprising loss uh, to the Eagles. Um, I don't know how they they, they beat the 49ers. Um, that's it for our, our dynamic and letdown players in the week. Some quick news for you guys real quick. Uh, speaking of the Eagles, now we got to talk about the injury to uh, Lane Johnson. Uh, he had to leave uh, the game between – in the Eagles and 49ers. He had to leave that game uh, early in the first half. He came back in the, in the third quarter um, with a – what kind of injury was it? I forget. Was it like a leg ankle injury, something like that? It was yeah, his left yeah. ankle. Left ankle injury. That's what I figured, that's what I figured it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Doug Peterson came out today and said that the injury is uh, going to linger, quote-unquote, for just a little bit. So probably that will stay with him for the uh, entire season. So um, – that's just a tough injury for, like, an offensive lineman, especially, you know. I mean, you've got such a – like, it's not really like he could change anything to, to make it feel better and or worse. You know, an offensive lineman kind of has the same stuff, you know, same motion, same stuff like that every time. It's going to be hard for him to figure out how to play with it. He's going to have to do a lot of PT in this next offseason to see if he can stay in it. Yeah, especially when the Eagles rely on him tremendously for um, protection for Carson Wentz. That's a big loss for, for sure. the and Lane Johnson specifically when he wants to be on the field. Uh, let's get to our uh, senior quarterbacks or former senior quarterbacks. Let's first talk about uh, Kyler Murray. Had a up-and-down game uh, last week against the Carolina Panthers. A uh, bit of a bad first half, improved in the second half just, just a little bit. Uh, 24 completions on 31 attempts, 133 yards passing, three touchdown passes, and he also had 78 rushing yards on six carries, losing 21-31. to 31. His Cardinals take an L to the Panthers. Guys, this is the second straight week that Kyler Murray has had a type of performance like this. Cardinals are now 2-2. Two and two. What does Kyler Murray have to do to get back on track? Here's the thing. He didn't even have a bad first half. It was the first three drives of the game. The first two drives they had, it was quick three and outs in the first two. And then the third drive they had was a really quick punt. But then after that, he stayed pretty solid for the rest of the game, had a solid game. I mean, you look at his final stats, and his final stats are still really solid. Having three total touchdowns, 133 yards isn't great. Um, but you know, 24 out of 31 completions, that's, that's, that's good. This he's still playing like a good quarterback. The only issue is he's still lost. And if you look at the Cardinals right now, I feel like they've lost their two easier games of the season and they've also won their two harder games of the season. So I think the biggest thing for Kyler Murray to get back on track to what he was doing for those first two weeks is just to calm down. I think, uh, he needs to follow in Baker Mayfield's footsteps. I think Baker Mayfield, after week one, seemed really antsy. He seemed very uh, high energy, which could be good and a bad thing. And I think Baker Mayfield – I mean, not Baker Mayfield. I think Kyler Murray just needs to, you know, do that. I think he just needs to calm down. I think he needs to – honestly, I think he needs to take a step back and kind of try and let Kenyon Drake – Kenyon Drake had an off game. Um, he was injured a little bit, so we'll see how that helps or not. But Kyler Murray either needs to step up and take his role as a leader and not a flashy player for this next week and really just reset, have a foundation uh, for the rest of the season to come. Yeah, and honestly, I think, like, in my personal opinion, I feel like Kyler doesn't have to do much. Um, three touchdowns, you know, 133 yards, like Pierce said, isn't a bad stat line. Um, looking at the Cardinals, I really think it's just their defense that needs to step it up. Honestly, Kyler, if he just continues what he what he's doing, being an efficient passer, um, you know, getting good looks down the field, I think the Cardinals offense is going to be fine. I just think that that Cardinals defense is detrimenting the whole entire team right now. So, 
I think he just needs to continue doing what he's doing. I think part of it is on Kyle Murray, though. I mean, he well, – like I said, I feel like Pierce got a point that maybe his first half wasn't as bad as people think, but he That's still true. had, I think, a pretty bad bad first half. You know, no, Still had a pretty costly fumble as well. He did have he a pretty did, co- yeah. costly fumble. You know, the Cardinals, the Cardinals' first few drives went like this. Punt, 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 touchdown, punt, fumble – touchdown punt like that can't happen you can't have you you can't start a game in which your first three drives are punts in which your offense is barely taking the field and your defense has to get right back out there kyler murray threw those three touchdowns because he had to throw because he got himself into that big of a hole in the first Mm -hmm. half anyway and he had to climb out of it in the second half and it wasn't enough because he got himself enough in in that first half hole in the first place they were down by 14 coming out of halftime so i feel like kyler murray he just needs to just, just calm down. He's trying to do just a little bit too much. You know, those first two two weeks, you know, he was he was on a roll. And I feel like now that now that he's had that those two weeks, he's trying to replicate that success every single week. You don't need to go off every single week. You just need to have a good performance. And Baker and we'll talk about Baker Mayfield later. But Baker Mayfield is showing that you don't have to have a a outstanding performance in order to win. And I feel like Kyler Murray has to understand that. You know. Well, part of that, I feel like, comes from the Cardinals' rushing game. Like, Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds aren't doing that much uh, to help out Kyler Murray, especially in the play-action passing game. Um, Kyler Murray, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, was the leading rusher for the Cardinals that week, this week. And um, I feel like that that just needs to stop um, going into further weeks. I feel like the Cardinals' running game definitely needs to get going because defenses are just going to continue to load up on the passing game, and it makes it harder on Kyler Murray when they're giving him this much responsibility. When Kenya Drake was traded to the Cardinals last season, he was such an impactful player at the end of the last year, and he hasn't done anything really this year. I've seen in multiple fantasy leagues, there's a, he's one of the busts out there right now. And yeah. I think they need to go back to – what they were doing at the end of last year, which is getting him involved in the passing or in the passing game too, but also getting him more rushing attempts as good as a runner as Kyler Murray is. He shouldn't be your leading rusher when you have Kenya Drake on that team. He was supposed to be a top 10 running back going into this year and he hasn't proved anything at all. And that, I think that's a major part of how the Cardinals need to bounce back is getting Kenya Drake more involved in the game plan. I think part of, I think part of that though, is that just the Cardinals offense has undergone a major shift to where they're way more pass heavy. And I feel like that has kind of hurt the running backs in terms of their stats. So I feel like blaming, blaming the lack of running back stats as part of the Cardinals downfall, I guess, these past two weeks, I feel like it's kind of an overstatement because that's just part of the way the Cardinals offense is going to which they don't really run the ball that much. And so Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds aren't getting enough chances, you know, to run the ball. And cause it's just Kyler Murray either passing or taking off himself. And those are most of the plays that, um, the Cardinals are uh, running. So that, that, well, that's my take on it. I feel like that's kind of overstated to say. Well, that the when are. the running backs can't get anything going, it makes your offense predictable. And I feel like that, that makes it harder on Kyler Murray and just the offense in general because when you have a predictable offense, defenses are going to know how to game plan for it. And this Cardinals offense was supposed to be a two-sided thing where, you know, they were able to run the ball with Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, and then be able to pass the ball um, with Kyler Murray. And they just haven't been able to do that. Um, this season so I think it's been kind of uh, a little bit on the running game yeah I expect them to be firing on all, all cylinders next week when they take on the Jets but more oh, yeah. about that later let's move on to Baker Mayfield now um a pretty convincing victory over the Cowboys uh this past week 49 to 38 was the final score in Arlington Baker Mayfield went 19 for 30 uh with 165 yards two touchdowns in a pretty um 
again, convincing victory. Uh, guys, can the Browns are three and one right now. They have a they they are three and one for the first time since I think the '60s. It's been a while since the Browns have been this good. Can Baker Mayfield su- sustain the success for the Cleveland Browns? I would say yes. I mean, if you look at the, the if you look at the growth that the Browns have had over the past four weeks, it's been tremendous. And you know, I mean, like you you started off the week one. You know, as we talked about, was abysmal. You know, if you lose six six to thirty eight against any team, isn't good. But I think one thing you have to look at is you know they were playing the Ravens. You know, the Ravens are one of the best teams in the league, especially at that time. Uh, maybe not right now, but um, at that time, you know, the Ravens were really clicking as a team. Their chemistry was really high. Um, Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown were really involved in the offense. Um, Lamar Jackson was looking good. Um, and after that, I mean, they really turned it around. But it's been it's not been a, a direct turnaround. Um, you know, winning only by five against the Bengals week two was a little bit sketchy. But then they had a pretty convincing week against Washington, you know, winning by 14, their two scores, and a very convincing win against the Cowboys. The score shows it a lot closer. They dominated that game. You know, when you're up that big at halftime, you can start chewing clock just about at the beginning of the second half. And so the Browns are on an exponential trend right now. You know, it's going up. And I really do feel like the Browns can keep that up as long as Baker Mayfield keeps performing the way he does. You know, like I said, all the way back in week one, he used that, he used that week one game as a slap in the face. And he has calmed down completely right now. He's throwing way less picks. He's making way less uh, bad decisions at the expense of his own personal gain. He's not having the stats that he used to have. He's not having the highlights that he used to have, but he's conceding that for wins. And this is the first time, like, like you said, this is the first time that they've been three and one since who knows when, I mean, like it's just been so long. And so I think finally the Browns franchise doesn't look like a garbage fire and it's it's really cool to see yeah Yeah. I I feel like Baker Mayfield is doing enough in terms of the the Brown success but I feel like last week we were talking about how he's more of a game manager type now it definitely showed this week not often do you score nearly 50 points and you only have 165 passing yards which leads me to my uh, next point this is probably gonna get some hate but I feel like Baker Mayfield is very much carried by the talent that he has around him. Yeah. Very, 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 That's very, very much. I awesome. mean, uh, what? That's awesome. That's <laughs> nah, awesome. I feel, I feel like it's true. I feel like it's true. He's got so much talent around him, and they are slightly inflating the success that Baker Mayfield has had. I know that's like, I, I know that's like just a thing I cannot say up, up here at, at, at OU. I know there's like an 11th commandment here in Norman, and it's like, thou shalt not speak ill of Baker Mayfield, but I mean, I feel, Nick, I have a question for you. Do you really think it's three and one right now? Excuse me, what? Do you really think that Case Keenum would be three and one on the Browns right now? That's a great point right there. That's yeah, a great that's, point. That's, that's a, yeah, Nick, you, you, got, you got an answer, Nick? You got an answer, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like when you have Jar- I feel like when you have Jarvis Landry having to throw touchdowns, you know, it slightly in- inflates that the success that, Does he have that to? you have. Can, you, can I also have, have another to? question? Can I have another question? So I'm not saying he has to. I'm not saying so, that Baker Mayfield so, is bad. I'm saying that he's being so, very much carried. Let me, let me just clarify. So three weeks ago, Nick was saying that Baker Mayfield isn't doing enough for the talent around him. And now three weeks later, Nick is saying that he's being carried around the talent with him while Baker Mayfield is getting wins. Where's the discrepancy yes. in that? 
Just saying. Where's the discrepancy in that? Okay, well, where I will reach on you. Because he wasn't doing it. I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield is bad. You guys are misconstruing what I'm saying. I feel I like that Baker that. Mayfield – Baker Mayfield, of course, is, is doing enough. But I feel like he only threw for 165 pa- pa- passing yards in, in, a, in, a, in a game which the Browns scored 49 points. He – a guy named Ernest Johnson rushed for 95, 95 yards against the Cowboys. I mean – the players around him are is that, are the okay, ones getting the wins for him. It's not Baker Mayfield that's responsible for these wins. Okay, you cannot attribute success among teammates to being carried. This game especially. This game, I would say that his his supporting cast definitely played better than they normally do. And I would say they probably outplayed Baker Mayfield a little bit. But at the same time, Baker Mayfield is the quarterback of this team. Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. is literally the leader of this offense. Yep. So whether or not he did score all the touchdowns or not, that does not matter. Baker Mayfield is the leader of this team, and he's doing more off the field than he is on the field, and that is winning them games. Yeah, now, I want to ask you something real quick. Do you think right. that um, the Jacksonville Jaguars wins the AFC Championship in 2017? Do you think that Blake Bortles did anything outstanding for them to get them there? Or was he, or, or was that, or was that success, or did that success have to do with the with the teammates around him? The Jaguars were up twenty eight in the AFC Championship game in Foxborough. That's not all defense. That was Blake Bortles and the Jaguars. They were that's up actually. by 10. Not, they, they were up by ten, not twenty eight. But um, that's something. Look, okay, again, okay, you can't say that Blake Bortles carried that team, but you cannot say Blake Bortles got carried. Okay, to say that Baker Mayfield is getting carried now is insinuating that Baker Mayfield is playing below average. That is not I'm not saying true. he is playing below average. He's then how is he getting a- carried? He's playing exactly average. He's playing above average. He's definitely playing above average. You look right when, now at the you look right now at the 2020 QBR leaders right now in the NFL. Baker Mayfield is at 11 in front of Kyler Murray, in front of Matt Ryan, in front of Matt Stafford, in front of Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson. He's in front of all these guys. He's literally above average. He's above – he literally is. I can give you the stat. He's and above. the Browns are three and, the, and one. And also, he's doing all the things that we asked him to do. Like, these are the things that we wanted from Baker. Like, don't yes. throw interceptions. Don't throw it into coverage. Be accurate with your passes. Did you see that pass that he made earlier uh, in the game? I It was on ESPN. They are like, wow, he fit that into that tight of a, a pocket. Like, he's doing everything that yes. we're asking. And, and now we're saying he's being carried by his offense. Like, I, I don't know. I just – think that's unfair to baker personally we'll move on um (laughs) 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 we'll talk more about that later um the baltimore ravens they had a pretty good game last week two two senior players especially mark andrews and marquise brown were a bit part of that mark andrews was one of our dynamic players uh of the week uh this week Uh, marquise brown had four receptions for 86 yards mark andrews three receptions 57 yards for two touchdowns ravens won 31 to 17 over the washington football team um we've been talking about how mark andrews and marquise brown have not been as consistent as they need to be guys can mark andrews and marquise brown get up to a consistent level again 100 percent 100 percent i think you know it's just i think it's less on marquise brown and uh mark andrews right now um obviously it is you know it's still on them you know a lot last week they had a lot of drop balls especially mark andrews um but at the same time lamar jackson had a dip in week three and four i mean not week oh in week three i mean 
I don't think he even had uh, 100 passing yards against the Chiefs, right? I mean, he had like 94, I think. Yeah, he had, ni- he had um, 100. Something like that. Mm. I mean, it was just awful. I mean, Lamar Jackson is – he's got to play better than that. And, again, I'm not saying that it's all Lamar Jackson right now. Um, it's, a, it's a combination of both. Um, but I think when the offense is clicking, that they are consistent enough to consider them one of the top uh, offensive threats in the league right now. Um, they are consistent enough in my book uh, to be those top guys. Um, I think they just need to rely on the offense and that chemistry to stay moving like it was at the beginning of the season in week one against the Browns. Yeah. I think that the next two games, they're going to be very consistent, but I find it interesting whenever they face good teams. Um, whenever the Ravens face a playoff oriented teams, the, the production of Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews goes down. You saw that against the chiefs. And I mean, I guess the Washington or the, the Texans are kind of a playoff. No, they're not a playoff team. They're own four, but um, I mean, if they face easy teams, their production is going to go up, but um, when they face playoff teams, I'll uh, judge them then. It's the teams that can rattle Lamar Jackson. When they can rattle Lamar Jackson like the Chiefs were able to do, Browns and Andrews are going to struggle. And we saw last week where Lamar had a pretty good game and Brown and Andrews got back to their normal self. And I think that's where it all lays is in the hands of Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I feel like, like we said last week, you know, the Ravens aren't a team that can play from behind. You know, they have to be up early and often, and I feel like Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown had to be a, a big part of that. You know, we were talking about Marquise Brown having to having to take that next step, you know, to be a true number one receiver. He has to be the guy that Lamar Jackson can rely on. I think he was uh, this week. You know, he averaged uh, over 20 yards a catch. And sorry. Um, yeah, he averaged over 20 yards a catch. And I feel like he's slowly becoming like that dynamic type of player that the Ravens have wanted him to become. At this point, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him up there yet, obviously because of the inconsistencies that have been shown. Uh, same thing with Mark Andrews, but um, I feel like they're getting there. And for Mark Andrews especially, I feel like he can't be a guy that just has a breakout game every four games or so. You know, he has to do this consistently. He has to be, you know, he has to put himself in an argument for one of the best tight ends in the league. And Right now, he just isn't, isn't doing that. You know, when you only have, like, a breakout game every so often, you know, you can't put yourself in that conversation. Again, he needs to be the type of player that the Ravens expect him to be. I feel like they will do that. I feel like over these next couple of games, but, again, it will show against um, better teams. Obviously, they play the Bengals and then the Eagles in the next coming weeks. So maybe we won't see it there. We'll see it against teams like the Steelers and the Patriots, probably the Titans as well. And we'll see we'll, – we'll see what – We'll see what they can do. I don't think I can make a real judgment until they pull, until we see this week after week after week. You know, we can't just see a, a two-touchdown satellite for Mark Andrews and be like, oh, Mark Andrews, he's super great, you know. And obviously he isn't bad, but he has to do this. He, he's got to be on a consistent level. He just has to produce. Question. Do you think Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown will have the same production against, like, the Steelers, the Colts, um, and the Patriots – as they will against the Bengals and the uh, Eagles. I feel like it will differ. Obviously, against bad teams, you're going to do a lot mm-hmm. better. Yeah, for, for sure. Reasons. But I feel like I, I feel like there's a chance. I feel like it will depend on what Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews can do in these next couple of games, and whether they can carry that that those performances and that confidence over to games where they play tougher teams. But then again, that just remains to be seen because anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. All right. 
we're going to move on to our final uh, debate uh, question. <laughs> um, we're going to go back to that Browns and Cowboys game because we have another player to talk about in that game. Uh, C.E. Lamb, again, scored his first NFL touchdown of his career last week. He is, was one of our dynamic players of the week. He added uh, another touchdown in that in that game, uh, two touchdown catches for him. I think he had five catches overall. Uh, he's he's done a lot. He's done a lot for the Cowboys. He's done a lot for uh, fantasy football owners uh, as well. Guys, will CeeDee Lamb eventually overtake Michael Gallup as the second wide receiver in Dallas? Yes, and it's going to happen this year. I think I think the biggest thing you got to look at when you're looking at these two receivers is you got to look at uh, their depth and their complexity at the receiver position. I think Michael Gallup is very limited in the skills that he has. I think Michael Gallup um, really relies on the, the long ball, the you know just the straight up streak uh, down the sideline. I feel like uh, CeeDee Lamb, you can use him for so much more. Um, you know, even you could run jet sweeps with him. You could do all that kind of stuff. You could run. He could put slot. You can you could put him at the wide out. You know, you can put him anywhere you want. You can run so many different plays that you want with him. I think CeeDee Lamb is definitely going to become wide receiver too, and it's not even going to be close by the end of this season. I think Dak – I think, he, like, as we can watch right now, Dak Prescott is already finding him one of his favorite targets. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's just easy for somebody – it is his rookie year, um, so you have that. And he has made a lot of mistakes – but you see it kind of wheedling out with C's uh, season so far. I mean, um, earlier in the year, there was a really, uh, really big third down that the Cowboys had. And CeeDee Lamb ran a, a cross route over the middle, and he ran it two yards short of the first down. You know, it's those kind of mistakes that you expect to see from a rookie, and he's already kind of weeding those out of his own game. So I think that by the end of this year, yes, he'll easily be wide receiver two for Dallas. If you look at so, the stats, I feel like it's uh, inevitable that um, CeeDee Lamb becomes uh, the second wide receiver because this is a contract year for Michael Gallup. He's going to be a free agent this year. And yep. I feel like he's going to want to get paid as the number one receiver, which the Cowboys just simply do not have the money uh, to do, especially if they're going to try to re-sign Dak and if they're going to sign defensive guys, which hopefully they will do, but probably not. Um, yeah, I feel like CeeDee Lamb will eventually, whether it's th- whether it's soon or whether it's way deep in the future, he will overtake Michael Gallup as a second-round receiver. And like, like Pierce said, you know, he's a dynamic player. He's kind of a Swiss Army knife uh, in, in, at the receiver position because you can have him do so many things. And mm-hmm. he's, more, he's more, like, dim- dimensional, I guess. So than, yeah, Michael Gallup is more of a one-dimensional type of receiver. Yep. Not really so one-dimensional, but C. Lynn can do way more than what uh, Michael Gallup can do. His skill set is way more diverse. So when I was looking at this question, um, I wanted to look up like the targets share for like all the Cowboys receivers. Um, And I found the stat. So Amari Cooper obviously has the most targets in the Cowboys offense with 51, but intriguingly CeeDee Lamb has the second most targets with 29. And then Michael Gallup is not far behind with 24. Um, So in four weeks, C.D. Lamb is already getting more targets than Michael Gallup. So that's just something that we can look towards in the future. Um, I think it's very quickly becoming relevant that he's becoming the wide receiver too, just based off of the analytics. I think it is also easy, you know, if you look at that stat alone. Like I was saying, Michael Gallup is a very situational kind of guy. I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing when you're looking at who is wide receiver two, wide receiver one and all that, I think you need to look at who does a, who does a quarterback go to in clutch situations. That's and true. I think that's kind of the bigger thing you need to look at going to the end of the season. I think right now it is slightly more in Michael Gallup's favor. 
I think a lot of times, especially with the deep ball, he's going to throw it to Michael Gallup rather than CeeDee Lamb. Um, and, but like, like I said, I do think that by the end of this season, CeeDee Lamb is going to be a wide receiver too. I think towards the end of the game, he's going to, Dak Prescott is going to trust CeeDee Lamb a lot more um, and really be able to put the ball in CeeDee Lamb's hands and trust that good things will happen. Yeah, and I, I feel like what Pierce said, you know, Michael Gall kind of gets more targets at the end of the game because of his deep ball uh, presence. Hold on. Because of his deep ball presence. I feel like C.D. Lamb is, is already becoming that guy in, in crutch time, you know, against against the Falcons after they recovered the onside kick. The guy that had that huge <coughs> field goal range was C.D. Lamb when the Cowboys were on that, were, were coming back and against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Dak Prescott, to get the, sco- to get the game within uh, one score, he threw a touchdown to C.D. Lamb. You know, I feel like he's already becoming that guy that Dak Prescott can rely on in, a, in, in crunch time way more than than Michael Gallup and I again I think it's it's pretty inevitable that Zealand becomes the number, the number two receiver over Gallup all right no one has any of your thoughts we'll move on that's all of the big questions that we uh that we uh, have we're gonna we're gonna go to our player of the week uh real quick um I think it's uh unanimous it usually is but maybe there'll be someone different this week uh let's go with you know what? I'll go Tyler. Tyler, who do, who's your player of the week? All right, I'm going with the guy who may who will probably be AFC player of the week anyway. Tomorrow, it will be Joe Mixon with his three touchdowns. Breakout performance for him this season where he'd been struggling. Gets back on the right foot and hopefully he can uh, maintain that success going into next week. All right, Jason, who you got? Um, I'm going Joe Mixon as well. Um, he had a breakout game. Might be his only breakout game of the season against a really bad Jaguars defense. Um, so, yeah. Uh, three touchdowns, one in the passing game, got involved in every facet of the Bengals' offense. So, yeah, I'm going Joe Mixon. I'm going Joe Mixon as well, but I don't think this will be his only breakout game. I feel like he'll have – or I feel like he'll have a couple more, maybe in a few more games where he has this type of performance. Maybe not next week against the Ravens, but I feel like that this is a, this is the kind of Joe Mixon that we're going to see, see going forward. You know, not, not, not necessarily three touchdowns every single week, but I don't feel like he's going to be the type the type of guy that he was in the first three weeks where he's only gained 40 or so rushing guards on 15 carries. I feel like he's going to do way better, and this is the spark that Joe Mixon needed. Uh, Pierce, uh, who you got? My player of the week is going to be Baker Mayfield, not Joe Mixon. This was a fluke by Joe Mixon. They're playing the Jaguars. I do not see this consistency happening at all. He got half of his season total rushing yards in this game right here. This is a fluke. This is not going to continue to happening. I'm more impressed by Baker Mayfield continuing to win these games. I don't think Joe Mixon carried the the Bengals. I think he had – I mean, he he did well. I'm not saying Joe Mixon did bad. I'm saying he he had a great game. I think Baker Mayfield winning is more important to me. I think Baker Mayfield turning this Browns team around is more important to me than Joe Mixon's fluke of a week. I feel like Wait. I feel like Mixon having three touchdowns is definitely kind of carrying. You know, when you account for you know almost like half the yardage that the Bengals had. That's just red zone stuff, man. That's just red red zone touches. Red zone touches. My my question my my question for you, Pierce, is like who carried the Bengals offense if it wasn't Joe Mixon? No one carried. I think it was a team effort. Because that's the thing. That's the thing. He had three touchdowns. He had three total touchdowns. Were there anything insane? No, it's red zone touches. You know what I mean? I mean, he's a 34 yard touchdown. Is I mean, I guess that's in the red zone. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm saying it's not insane plays. Here's the thing. I mean, like, what? He had 151 rushing yards. 
151 rushing yards. That's a solid game. He had a solid game. I don't think he carried the the Bengals. I think he had, you know, he had the 35 yard touchdown. I think that's a solid play. But I think Baker Mayfield's win with the Browns and keep getting them to three and one is more impressive for me than Joe Mixon having a fluke and getting the first win for the Bengals. Joe Mixon oh, almost rushed for more yards than Baker Mayfield. Solid is a big giant understatement. <laughs> big giant understatement. What'd you say, Tyler? I said Joe Mixon almost ran for as many yards as Baker Mayfield threw in that game. Let's just exactly. also play a completely different game. It's completely different game. Solid is a complete, complete understatement. It's that's that that's honestly disrespectful to Joe Mixon and what he did. Just calling it solid when he damn near carried the the Bengals to victory. It was solid. He didn't carry. He won by eight points. They don't have his touchdowns. They don't win. I I think. Hold on. I'm not saying. Okay. Look. He played well. He was probably the best player on the Bengals team. But Baker Mayfield getting the Browns to three wins is more impressive for me than this Joe Mixon. This is a weekly war. But but the Bengals suck. The Bengals they, do suck. That's why I they think this suck. Is a fluke. Joe Mixon got lucky this week, and they played the Jaguars. They Which played the Jaguars. Sucks. Now, Pierce, there's one thing I can't agree with you. I agree right. that this is a fluke. Um, so there's a stat that I saw on Twitter. It says this is the second time in Joe Mixon's career that he's rushed over 150 yards. Second time. He's been in the league three years. I definitely think that this is a fluke. Okay. Here's the thing. I think, I think you can expect those kind of things from Joe Mixon once he leaves Cincinnati, once he gets a good offensive line. Um, again, this is a fluke to me. I think Baker Mayfield – Baker Mayfield, I feel like, willed his team – to the win more than Joe Mixon did. I feel like Joe Mixon was a piece of the puzzle. Baker Mayfield put the puzzle together. Okay. We could argue with Pierce all day about this, but we have to move on. <laughs> we have to move on. I don't I, I disagree. We could argue about this for another 20 minutes, but we have to move on to next week's preview. Speaking of Joe Mixon, he plays Mark Andrews and Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown and the Ravens next week. Divisional matchup, Bengals versus Ravens. Uh, what do y'all think is gonna happen that game? Not gonna be a good game. Not going to be a good game. I told you last segment, Bengals suck. Bengals are bad. Ravens are good. Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown, they've been playing really well. They got a really solid week last week. This is going to snowball into this week, and it's going to be a blowout. Mark, I bet I would assume that they're going to have two to three total touchdowns between the two, and they're going to look really well. I feel like Joe Mixon is going to have that type of performance this week that – that he had last week and at least three, three, four more games this season. Probably not this week because they're playing probably one of the best teams in the NFL. But I feel like Joe Mixon will still have a decent game. Uh, Mark Andrews and uh, Marquise Brown, I feel like they're going to have a solid game this week. Um, I feel like Andrews and Brown are both going to score touchdowns. Marquise Brown might get 100, yard rece- 100, 100 yards receiving. Mark Andrews might get 60 or 70 around that regard. And I feel like the the Ravens will win this game by at least two touchdowns. You know, I'm really feeling like there's going to be an upset in this game. Like, no, no, I, oh, Jason. <laughs> you know, I just just like thinking about it, right? So last week I was right about Teddy Bridgewater outplaying Kyler Murray. The week before that I was right about the tie, and my gut is telling me this week that Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to outplay the Ravens offense in Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. And I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but I just feel like that this is a trap game for the Ravens. And for some reason, I'm just predicting a Bengals win by three points. Jason, you're a goon, Jason. And you're a goon, bro. 
right. Oh, you said that the two. You said that two weeks ago. Mixon will struggle. I can only imagine what your bull take is going to be by like week ten. I'm two and zero. I'm two and zero. So I'm going with my gut. You also picked Austin Cyber to hit the game-winning field goal against the Browns in week two. <laughs> I did. I'm yeah. That, You're not that two and zero. You're two and okay. Two and one. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll end up on we'll end up on that. We got to move on to uh, Kyler Murray again. He takes on the New York Jets uh, this week. Um. I feel like it's going to be a monster blow. What do you guys think? This is going to be a massacre. It is going to – it's not going to be close. This is exactly what Kyler Murray needs to get back on track over these past yep. two abysmal weeks. The yep. Jets are awful. How do you not fire <laughs> I don't know how you don't do This is going to be a blow. Kyler Murray is going to have a field day against this Jets team. It's not going to be close. This is going to be a huge game for Kyler Murray. This is going to get him back on track. The New York Jets gave up around 30 yards to a 49ers team with half of their squad in the infirmary ward. And and Nick Mullins. Jason, will you just – you said that the Bengals were going to win against the Ravens. You can't talk right now. No, no. I'm. Are you picking the Jets win too? No, no, I'm not. Are you going to pick the Jets? I was going to mess mess with Pierce and say, but Adam Gase is an offensive genius. What are you Mm, talking about? That's crazy, man. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, but I feel um, feel like Kyler Murray is going to throw for probably – three new yards he'll rush for about definitely and i feel like the cardinals i i I bet they score 40 points in this game they are going maybe even 50 50. all over the jets jason will you just stop (laughs) (laughs) here's what jason does jason does this every week he's gonna shoot out a bunch of hot takes (laughs) and then he lands a couple of them and he goes one for 30, and he acts like he's, he's going to go crazy. Yeah. Go okay, crazy. a broken clock is always right twice a day. But so, uh, That's a good I'm point. Like, I'm like Nick Young shooting a three-pointer. I just shoot until It goes I in every it. now and then. Yeah, but I celebrate whenever I make it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I feel almost, like I win I like the, the Super Bowl. Uh, Jason Batakio is going to be a young boy fan. Huge. So that probably uh. – um, <laughs> So, yeah. I, I feel like we're all on a consensus about yeah. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals winning. Yes. Yes. Okay, so we'll move on. That was kind of a awkward situation. Mayfield uh, <laughs> and the Cleveland Browns, they take on the Indianapolis Colts this week. Do the Browns go to 4-1 and one on the year? This is yes. a big next four weeks for the Browns. They play mm-hmm. the Colts, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Raiders. Yep. The Steelers and Bengals are on the road. This will tell us where the Browns are this year. Uh, the Colts right now have the best defense in the league. Uh, this will be a very good game, but I'm going to pick the Browns to win. I would say the Browns are probably going to win this game also. I think um, it's going to be a complete opposite game of what they had this week against the Cowboys. It's going to be the opposite of a shootout. Uh, Baker Mayfield's going to need to really focus up. I think, um, you know, ever since week one, he's been playing a pretty clean game. Um, but he needs to really clean it up against this one, against a really good Colt defense. Um, but, you know, the Colts offense, you know, isn't exactly great. Um, so I think the Browns are going to pull this one out. Uh, I think it'll be a very close game. I think it'll be a very close game to be going to watch. Uh, but the I think Baker and the Browns have got this one. Yeah, Baker, I feel like we'll see a typical standard Baker Mayfield performance. You know, throw for someone like 120 passing yards or something like that on like 25 passes. He'll have like Kareem Hunt and Dernish Johnson rush for about 100 yards each. Yep. And I feel like I feel like Baker Mayfield and the Browns slightly, slightly beat the Browns. I think it'll be only three, but – I don't feel like Baker Mayfield is going to be the reason that they win that game. 
Nick, <laughs> as Nick would say, uh, Baker's going to get carried to the win by his teammates. For I'm the, saying carried. I said Kareem Hunt and Darren Johnson are going to play a major part in that game. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that take. Like, I I definitely see Baker, you know, having a a game manager week like he's had the past three weeks, Um, you know, getting it done in clutch time. You know, just the, like, average Baker performance. Nick, you just called out in in the earlier segment that De'Aaron is Johnson uh, having 90 rushing yards, but now you're projecting 100 against the best defense. That was not a (laughs) Johnson, my friend. I was doing that that cool. point. That All right, one more, more, one more, uh, one one more game we got to talk about. CD Lamb and the Cowboys uh, take on the New York Giants this week, uh, guys. Cowboys have been struggling. What do y'all think is going to happen? <laughs> the um, Giants I have think... three touchdowns this year. The Cowboys are going to murder them, and they'll actually look like a playoff team. Cowboy Nation will go crazy, and we'll be back. <laughs> That's what I like to hear, Tyler. <laughs> Nick Nick isn't going to punch a hole in his dorm room wall this game he's gonna he's going to be very excited because cd's gonna have a great game the cowboys are gonna win by like probably like tyler said three or four touchdowns dak is gonna look great zeke is gonna look great everybody's gonna look great and the cowboys officially are gonna be back in the super bowl conversation with this win (laughs) according to cowboys fans against the giants i feel like the cowboys well their defense is probably gonna keep it close I feel like the Cowboys win by at least like 10 or 14 points. CeeDee Lamb has a huge game and it will probably be in the running for player of the week and dynamic player of the week in next week's podcast. I have nothing to say on this game. Cowboys don't win this game. It's just embarrassing. That's all it is. That's all it is to it. The Giants are the second worst team in this league behind, I mean, in front of the Jets. And it's not by a lot. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to have a huge game as expected against with anyone against the Giants. I think it's going to be a fun one to watch. If you are a CD or a Cowboys fan, if you're a Giants fan, do not bother. Yeah, you, you hear that, TJ? The the Cowboys are going to lose. The Cowboys are going to beat the Giants this week by a lot. So suck it, TJ. Um, <laughs> well, that will uh, end a very uh, interesting uh, podcast episode. What did you all think? It was very um, debate-filled podcast like it was yep. <laughs> the last week. That was great. Yep. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just one more thing this week. Hashtag beat Texas. Yes. Hashtag beat oh, Texas. Yeah. Let's go. Texas hate week. It's it beat Texas, Texas week. week. That's what I like to hear right there. Well, we will yep. see you guys uh, later. Um, follow us on Twitter at Sooners in the NFL. Uh, go give us five stars on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Take care. Peace. Thank you.